Welcome to the White House Family Spoken Novels Podcast, Episode 401. Today we are reading Chapter 41 of the novel, All the Bishop's Children, Book 2, by Daniel White III, with his wife Marika White. If you girls want to go shopping with me, you need to get dressed quickly. This is my only Saturday off from work for a while. We can make it an all-day thing, Rosaline said as she checked in on the girls after having a late breakfast. Dwight, I'm running low on cash. Do you have some money you can loan me until next week? Rosaline asked her husband. What happened to all that money you're supposed to be making at the post office? Dwight said, not looking up from the newspaper he was reading. I had to pee on my car and on the new furniture and... Furniture? I didn't authorize you to buy, Dwight said. Well, we needed it, Rosaline said. We can't be entertaining people almost every week and have them sitting on shabby furniture, especially as fat as some of your church members are. Now can we? They are your brothers and sisters in the faith, Dwight said. Plus, we are getting on up there ourselves by eating too much potato salad. Speak for yourself, because you need to stop eating all those Lorna Doon cookies, Rosalind retorted. Are you going to loan me the money or not? Now, didn't you all go shopping last week? And if I recall correctly, you all came back with a few bags. What else do you all need? We didn't get everything. We still need a few accessories to complement our outfits for tomorrow. As a bishop, you should want to see your wife and children dressed to the tea. It makes you look good. We have to be the example setters for the rest of the women. Mother has always taught me to look my best whenever I go into the house of God, and I'm teaching my girls to do the same. You're teaching them to be materialistic. Anyway, tomorrow you're going to have to look your best with what you already have, because I don't have any money to give you, Dwight said. Mom, we're ready, Rachel and Jessica said as they entered the living room. Come on, let's go. Your father's acting miserly again. If anything, we can win the shop, Rosalind said. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard, Dwight said. Window shop. You girls don't let your mother spend what we don't have. Bye now. I thought, I thought you didn't have any cash in you, Dwight said to Rosaline as he surveyed the bag she and the girls brought in when they returned later that evening. And what took you all so long? I keep telling you where there's a will, there's a way, Rosaline flashed her new visa card before his eyes. He came in the mail this past week, so I decided to try it out. It worked like a charm, didn't it, girls? Yeah, where there's a bill, there's a way to the poorhouse. I cannot believe this. How much did you spend? And how do you plan on paying for it, Dwight asked. If you had given me the money I asked you for, I would not have had to use it, so don't you worry about it. You girls go and put your things up, Rosalind said. You are just like the devil, sneaky. I'd advise you to send that card back right now. Tear it up. Get rid of it. That's for people who have self-control when it comes to money. And you don't. Not only that, that's for people who have plenty of money in the bank. And you don't have that either. I do, and I won't be sending it back, Rosalind said, kicking her shoes off and wriggling her toes. My feet are killing me. I'm sure you won't mind my excusing myself to go get a long hot soak in the tub. Don't wait up for me. The summer that hallmarked the beginning of DJ's last year in high school also marked the beginning of a turning point in the Jacobs family. Love and Peace Apostolic Church was holding a steady, 
300 in attendance each Sunday. Dwight, still dubbed the love pastor by those in the community, was being called upon more and more to address community issues. Rosalind proudly placed her self-given title, co-pastor, before her name on the marquee. She preached even longer than Dwight most Sundays and had carved out one of the smaller classrooms as her office. Mother Randall, although aging gracefully, still had her singing voice and often accompanied Dwight in blessing the church through song. DJ, still not wanting to be identified as the son of one preacher and now the son of two preachers, became more defined and promiscuous in his behavior and in his attitude. Deep down, this was his subtle cry for help, for someone to point him in the right direction. It was his cry for meaning and purpose in this confused life. As much as he hated anything affiliated with the church, one of his late-night television viewing included Jim and Tammy Faye Baker of the 700 Club. Part of his LP record collection included gospel singer Aretha Franklin. Lord, show me the light was his often silent prayer. Kennedy seemed to carry more and more an angry disposition, especially now that he was being enlightened further about the black-white issues still prevalent across the nation. He was now a regular listener to the news and picked up any reading material dealing with the political movement in the nation that he could get his hands on. Dad, Kennedy said in conversing with his father one day, the declaration says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I don't doubt that, because God created all men equal. But we should also be equal legally and politically, and that is what I'm going to help fight for. I want true equality, an equality that is lived out every day for myself and my generation and for future generations. Dwight chuckled. You sound like a real politician. But remember two things. One, politics should be clean, but it's very dirty. No matter how clean you try to make it, some dirt is going to rub off on you. The question is, are you going to keep the dirt on you, or are you going to wash it off? And number two, there's a price to pay for any cause you deem worth pursuing. Are you willing to pay that price? Think on those things, Kennedy. I will, Dad, Kennedy said. Rachel was growing into a beautiful young lady. She was now part of the cheerleading team, the champion cheerleaders. Even though she had a summer job at the department store, much of her free time was spent at cheerleading practice, going to the movies, meeting up with her friends, and singing in the young adult choir. More boys in her class and outside of her class were vying for her attention. I tell you, I can have any of those boys in my class, Rachel boasted to Seneca during one of their girl talks by their lockers. Yeah, just don't leave Michael in the cold. If you ask me, he's the one for you. You'd better latch on to him real fast because you only have two more years to go off to college, Seneca said. Plus, I noticed Julie eyeing him quite a bit lately. She eyes all the boys and she doesn't even do it discreetly. I mean, she just hangs herself out there. And on top of that, she's not even that good looking, Rachel said. Don't look now, but Michael's coming our way. Go say hello to him. Walk with him to, hello, Rachel. Hello, Seneca. Are you two ready for the math test? Michael asked, stopping by their lockers. Yes, we are. 
Rachel was just explaining something to me from the textbook, Seneca said as she fumbled trying to open the math textbook. Oh, really? Maybe you can show me how to do this one problem. I can't seem to understand it, Michael said. Go ahead, we were just finishing up. I'll meet up with you in the classroom, Seneca said walking away. Jessica was now a member of the drama club. She had a great singing voice. I told you this child was going to be a great actor, Dwight said one evening to no one in particular, after he had chastised her for lying to him. Stop all that hollering and screaming, Dwight said to her. The whole town can hear you. Look at that. All that hollering and not one tear. You're something else. You're going to be an actor for real. Jessica, shut all that noise up, Rachel said after Dwight left their bedroom. You're only faking, plus you're giving me a headache. Jessica immediately fell silent and smiled to herself. She picked up her doll and climbed on her bed. Am I really going to be a great actor? That's what Dad said. Rachel giggled. You faker. Yes, you're going to be the greatest actress of all time. Why don't you do your imitation of Lena Horne? <coughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of White House Family Stories. You may purchase a copy of this novel and any other Christian fiction books read on this podcast from Amazon.com. Now, dear listener, please know that God, the divine author of all things, wants to write a great story with your life as well. But first, you must give him the pen by trusting him with the life he gave you and surrendering your heart to Jesus Christ as Savior. Here is how. One, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. The Bible states in Ecclesiastes 7.20, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Romans 3.23 reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 2. Accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. 3. Accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10.28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The Bible says in Revelation 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 4. Accept the fact that you cannot do anything to save yourself. The Bible states in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 5. Accept the fact that God loves you more than you love yourself, and that he wants to save you from hell. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. With these facts in mind, please repent of your sins, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and pray and ask him to come into your heart and save you this very moment. The Bible states in the book of Romans 10, 9 and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dear friend, if you are willing to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, please pray with me this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I realize that I am a sinner and that I have done some bad things in my life. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of my sins. I now believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, was buried and rose again. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save my soul and change my life today. Amen. If you believed in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried and rose again, allow me to say congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, go to gospelightsociety.com and read What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Thank you once again for listening and may God bless you until next time.